0: This episode of upstream in perspective is brought to you by ihs markets upstream insight our team of industry experts analyze the interplay of geopolitical structures government priorities corporate strategies and global markets and technologies to deliver forward-looking solutions that lead to more informed and efficient decisions these solutions are available via recurring reports interactive analytics robust data sets and bespoke engagements with experts Learn more about our offerings at www.ihsmarket.com energy. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Jessica Nelson. My guest today is Carlos Rocha. Carlos is a specialist in technology for upstream oil and gas production and analysis of the power generation market. His recent work includes an analysis of the potential for upstream capital projects in the Latin American market, and he'll be sharing some of those insights with us today. Carlos, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Jessica.
0: What's the future of the region in the global oil market? What role do you expect Latin America to play in the coming years?
1: Well, uh, Latin America nowadays, uh, the region, considering uh, Venezuela and Mexico, it's producing more or less 11 million barrels a day of, uh, of crude. That's more or less what the uh, United States produce or maybe the same thing that Lucia produced, uh, it's re- it represents almost 10% of the world production for the entire region. So it's not, it's not few, it's not uh, also outstanding. And, uh, but the one thing that uh, have to be related is that the region absorbs 20% of the investments in the offshore. So. The production in several countries in Latin America are mainly onshore, but uh, these fields, these, uh, those, those areas are in depletion and there are no significant finds that can sustain production. So uh, all the new opportunities or most of the new opportunities for the region to keep its production are in offshore. So uh, for 2030 let me say, in the next 15 years, we do not expect a a high net increase in production uh, from Latin America, one or two million barrels a day for the entire region, but uh, we expect a much bigger participation of the offshore. Nowadays, we have more or less... 60% 60% of the production is onshore and 40% is offshore and by 2030 we expect a complete inversion of the trend it means 70% of the production will be offshore and 30% of the production uh, will be onshore for the, for, the, so for the oil market as a whole, uh, the world oil, oil market Uh, the production is significant and uh, but uh, much more important it's for the development of the offshore supply chain and the offshore technology that can also use it uh, for the regions this is the new frontier for Latin America and we expect several uh, lots of development in this, this kind of activity here
0: so in discussing the Latin American market, you're analyzing various countries' potential. What are the current hotspots in Latin America for exploration and investments?
1: Well, uh, I think nowadays we have, uh, have several opportunities in, in Latin America, but have four ones that I believe we can call uh, hotspots. One is Brazil, specifically the, the pre salt fields. The other one is Mexico, the, the deep water assets. We have uh, argentina you have uh, a region that's an unconventional play that have a large a large potential that is is Vaca-Muerta, and you have uh, Guiana where ExxonMobil recently made uh, a huge uh, found oil found uh, in the water well in brazil in brazil uh, speaking about uh, a little bit about each of them i, I I can tell you that uh, this is a hot spot because Brasov it's uh, it's now relatively open to IOCs since uh, the new uh, government took place they they reverted uh, a law that uh, denied access to, to IOCs in Brasov so now uh, they can participate as uh, partners of, of Petrobras or even as operators. The main The most interesting thing about Prasal is that it's a high productivity area. So, uh, with a couple of wells, each well pumping from 30,000 to 50,000 barrels a day, uh, you can achieve a a very high production and uh, put a a large platform on maximum production. And uh, the reserves are very high, Uh, usually exceeding uh, 1 billion barrels of recoverable oil for fields. So you have a huge uh, savings with uh, scale effect doing uh, very large projects in that region. And the exploratory success ratio is very high. So people, it's uh, the last number that I saw was about 75% or eight percent of uh, exploratory success. So it's easy to find oil and uh, after that, uh you have a lot of cost savings because the size and productivity for mexico uh, mexico recently in the last four years was under an energy reform that opened the market uh, for international oil companies we had several bid rounds uh several of them for ultra deep water and uh, and ultra deep water it's a uh, the kinds of play that uh, IOCs, that the majors like to like to operate. Uh, we already have some foundings, but uh, have a lot of expectation because, of course, the example of the US Gulf of Mexico with the very high production in the quarter. So uh, we have some. Problems right now due to the change of government, but uh, we can talk later maybe about that. But still, it's uh, an area of, uh, of high potential and it's worth to take some time to study the opportunities there. Well, Vaca Muerto, it's in Argentina, it's in the south part of, or central south parts of Argentina. It's an unconventional place, so it's like shale gas or tight oil. And we probably, we believe that have a good chance to be the first very high success uh, unconventional development outside US. So it's uh, nowadays the main players there there are IPF, the the, the Argentinian National Oil Company and Chevron. Uh, they are starting the kinds of uh, they're still in the developments, the beginning of development of uh of that area there are some there are still some problems uh, because once uh, the region is in a kind of desert part of argentina have very few infrastructure and worse have uh, have very few sources of water and we know that for fracking uh, have a large amount of water is it's very important so the the current operators they are trying to solve this problem and soon uh probably there will be much more infrastructure on in place and you have Guyana that uh, it's next to Ecuador uh the only the only company that uh, it's kind of having uh, very high success over there is ExxonMobil they did uh, three or four very large discoveries uh, very close to one of uh, of the other and uh, their findings right now are adding in more or less 3.5 billion uh, barrels of recoverable oil. They are in the beginning of the development of of this field. They still are exploring uh, the full potential of this area. And uh, well, uh, Guyana do not have. Uh, it's, it's starting to deal with uh, oil production, and oil, production uh, and oil exploration. So they, they do not have uh, fiscal legislation in place for this kind of, of, of business. They are developing everything. So it's, for a while, it's, it's open to, to new companies under contract. And uh, it's one of, uh, uh, of the deep water uh, hotspots in Latin America.
0: And you mentioned some government and infrastructure challenges there. So let's talk about above ground risk for a minute. Are there any recent happenings in the region you think might impact the future of the oil business for investors, either for better or worse?
1: We have, for example, uh, here in Brazil, uh, in the good side, uh, uh, we have uh, since the change of the government in 2015, uh, the, the government opened uh, a little more the, the oil markets in Brazil. Uh, they they did a lot of uh, of bid rounds to to attract international investors and international oil companies, and to do that they offered the some of the best parts in the Brazilian offshore, and uh, together with that they reduced one of the biggest sources of uncertainty in the Brazilian markets, that is the the so-called local content legislation, that uh, in previous times uh, was requiring very large investments in the brazilian supply chain but uh, because the the level of the development of the local supply chain uh, the companies was having a lot of problems to make the procurement and when they could find the, the equipment and services that they needed for the development they sometimes should have a huge price a cost uh, sometimes a few above the international market, sometimes much above the international market. So recently the the Brazilian government reduced it to more reasonable levels and with that accelerated the speed that the companies are making developments here in Brazil. Well, uh, another big source of uncertainty here in the region, we have recently elections in Mexico. And uh, Mr. Obrador uh, won the elections and will be, uh, in January, uh, take the position of president of Mexico. And uh, uh, during the campaign, he explained to the markets and for the Mexican people that uh, uh, maybe he has some issues with the contract signed. Between oil companies and the Mexican government, uh, so he would like to review all these contracts to see if everything is it's all right and uh, if the terms are actually profitable for the government, uh, Mexican government and the Mexican people. And uh, if you don't, they could even cancel some contracts. Uh, but uh, what's uh, it's it's a risk that we believe is low, but. Uh, uh, one thing that seems that uh, actually is going to happen is that it will be like a, a freeze in the bid rounds. So for a while, uh, Mexico will not allow international companies to, to have access to the, to the market. And uh, he can also put uh, uh, most of the challenge of the development of the deep water region in Mexico in the hands of Pemex. That, uh, that can be a, tr- a problem because Pemex is a highly indebted company and uh, to start the development of uh, a new offshore play, you have to make huge investments and maybe the company will have some, di- some, some trouble to do that in short term. Also, uh, in Brazil, right now in this year and next month we have elections and uh, Likewise, Mexico, we have some candidates that uh, oppose the participation of international oil companies in the Brazilian market. So they want to revert the recent change that allows more freedom to these companies to come to the country. They could uh, freeze the bid rounds. Some some movements very similar. uh, close to the the ones that are planned by the Mexican president. So he, in the next, uh, uh, depending on the results of this year, the Brazilian markets can uh, return to be relatively close to to new investments. And of course, we have a, a big problem here in in Venezuela. Uh, we have uh, in fact two. Two issues uh, regarding Venezuela. Venezuela makes border with Guyana, and some of the fine oil finds made by Exxon in Guyana are very close to the Venezuelan border, and it's an area that the two countries are disputing. So, depending of the outcomes, depending of what happens in the internal developments of the uh, Venezuelan politics, uh, can we can start to see some pressure and uh, even some increase of military activity in that region that can bring some uncertainty for investments in that area.
0: And which countries then have better conditions in terms of infrastructure and access or perhaps where the cost of oil is smaller?
1: Well, uh, uh, nowadays we have several, some countries in Latin America have significant or reasonable oil production, uh, I can tell about Ecuador, I can tell about uh, Colombia, Mexico, I can tell about uh, Brazil, of course, and uh, for most of these regions uh, there are uh, infrastructure in place depending of, uh, what are you talking about? For example, uh, in Brazil, uh, we don't have any infrastructure in onshore. So there are big rounds, there are a, a permanent offer of areas for onshore, but there are no pipelines in the country linking the regions uh, that are being offered or that usually are offered with refineries or ports. So there is no infrastructure. For the offshore, there are lots of infrastructure already in place and uh, it's growing. For Mexico, you already have uh, it's kind of the opposite. They high uh, very large infrastructure for the onshore, but have very few infrastructure in the deep water offshore. And uh, but what is the biggest problem? In Mexico is that the government takes very high. In Argentina, for example, uh, you have this this new unconventional play. There's very few infrastructure in place, but. The fiscal terms in, there, in, in Argentina are, very, are better than uh, some of the other countries. So the government's take is smaller and the, the amount of oil or profits that uh, the oil company will retain uh, will be much bigger. So the price that they will, they will get is bigger. Yeah. And for Guyana, for example, is a new area, is offshore the water, the country have no production of oil. So Everything is more difficult there right now. There are not, no supply bases, there are no, there's no trained uh, labor. And so the costs for development will be uh, probably much higher than other uh, offshore regions in Latin America, as Brazil and Mexico. But the fiscal terms in Guyana are excellent. So in a, it's a way that the government uh, it's, uh, found. Uh, it's it's something expected regions with few developments and high high risks usually they take uh, less profits off the oil to to them and allow the company the oil company that's developing the area to have more profits. so uh guiana right now is in this situation have large investment costs but good fiscal terms and uh, there are other countries for example colombia that are that are in some uh, uh, Colombia, Ecuador. That are some uh, stable situation. They, they do not have uh, new areas being offered or not. Uh, there are no hot spots in these countries, but they they remain with uh, an average uh, activity and some infrastructure to allow companies to operate in the same way they are, uh, they are operating in the, in the in the last years.
0: Great. Well, thanks. That was a a wonderful overview of the Latin America market. Um, So thank you for sharing your insights with us. And I hope you'll come back and give us an update in the next few weeks.
1: Okay. Thank you, Jess.
0: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And thanks again to Carlos for providing us with that update of the Latin American market and a few areas to watch in the coming years. And remember, you can find energy insights from our global team of experts anytime at www.ihsmarket.com slash energy blog. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy solutions, visit ihsmarket.com energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.